With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod T55, sponsored by Vector Printing, as ever. Um, that's Vector for all your print embroidery needs. That's Vector with her. Okay. We're also sponsored by JCIS, uh, JC Innovation and Strategy. To visit their website, go to jcis.com. Hey, well. And that is the voice <laughs> of our very special guest for tonight, James MacArthur. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, We've got some admin to get out of the way first and foremost, talking about events at Palace. Or, or you can introduce the other guests. Well, we're also joined by Kevin Day, as yeah. ever, and hosted <laughs> in inimitable style by Stephen Brout and his generous hospitality, as ever. Thanks, Hi, Steve. hello. How you um, and, we'll we'll talk be, and we're being compared by Andy Street for the first, first time in a long we are. time. JD's too busy with his wedding prep, which I think <laughs> is probably understandable. So I've been asked to stand in rather than being opinionated to try and facilitate discussion. So we'll see how that goes. Um, first and foremost, we're going to talk about the beer festival before we come on to interesting stuff about Ooh, that's the match a good, on that's Saturday. A good start. So, so your specialist subject, Steve. We've yeah, actually got yeah. two pairs of tickets to give away to this. Um, but do you want to tell the listeners, first of all, Steve, what they can expect at the beer festival? Uh, well, lots of beer <laughs> is, the, is the main thrust of it. Um, I've, just, I've just been given a list, actually, and uh, if, if you are into your beer, it, you cannot not be there because there are some fantastic beers. I mean, there's, I, mean I, I know a bit about, about real ale and a lot of these I've never heard of, but uh, the, there's most of the sort of small independent uh, breweries from London and there's, there's people like Kellam Island from Sheffield, Magic Rock from Huddersfield, Oakham from Peterborough, Roosters from Yorkshire, um, Loads of fantastic beers, and there's also lots of ciders, which I think Kev quite likes. What was it you wanted, Kev? You, I, I was well, I'll probably get the same amount of stick I got as this time last. Is the, is the strawberry beer here this year? Yeah, there's, there's Barborn <laughs> Strawberry. That was nice. But there's also Bottle Kicking Cranberry and Cherry and Raspberry and Passion Fruit as well. And there's one called Apple Mango Pineapple Peach. Are there any beers for people who don't have the palate of a six-year-old? <laughs> that's not beer, that's, that's cider. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, there, there are beers for everyone, uh, light beers, dark beers, strong, weak, uh, everything. And, of course, uh, live music, uh, the cup final on the telly. Uh, Royal Wedding. Uh, well, if you're interested in that, yeah. And there's <laughs> live not. football on the, uh, on the pitch, mm. um, I believe. Um, During the Royal Wedding, I believe, as well. Is it? Excellent. Yeah. Right, I'll be, wa- I'll be <laughs> watching the football. <laughs> uh, so so to, to win tickets to the Beer Festival, of which we've got two pairs, you've got to tweet at pa- uh, FYP Fanzine your Crystal Palace Beer 11, apparently, or players from the Crystal Palace Beer 11 with the hashtag, hashtag CPFC Beer 11, and we'll give a pair of tickets to our favourite two entries. And apparently the ones we've had so far, 
These are all great, obviously. Uh, Old Speckled Hennessy. Nice. Oh, that's pretty mm, good. Nice one, yeah. uh, Kenny Sampson. Not so good. Not so appropriate. Not appropriate, really. Itzik Doombar. That's entirely inappropriate, yeah. And Milovojevic. Miller. 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 Boyevich. Not particularly good beer, but there we go. Now, Steve, obviously you've got a house full of alcoholic refreshment because it's your job, but if we found last week, just mention a couple of the South London breweries, and we got a crate of fancy lager out of it. Oh, we, would you like mentioned. me to mention some South London Just breweries? Just mention as many as you like and you'll get uh, right. you are. Twick in the Mails, Wimbledon Brewery, <laughs> <laughs> Bell, Belleville from Wandsworth, <laughs> The Cronks from Croydon. Okay, move, moving on from the Beer Festival though, which I'm sure will be a great event. Um, James, welcome to the podcast. We're going to start with you in the same way that we started with Jason Punch when he came on about a year ago with a quiz. Mm-hmm. So we're going to test your trivia of your time at Palace. And I've got to warn you in advance. I, I, mean, I, I didn't prepare. You, I, I didn't Sorry. prepare these questions. So yep. to the extent they're bad, we're blaming JD, who's not here. Okay. So just resent him rather than me if they're bad. Um, question one: How many managers have you played under at Palace, Ooh. excluding Keith Millen? Five. Correct. Ooh, Can you name good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one knock. Pardieu. Allardyce. Sam Allardyce. <laughs> Frank De Boer. Harry Hodgson. Indeed. Question two. Who was your first goal for Palace against? And for bonus points, who's the mm. final score? I want to say Stoke. Correct. And it was 1-1. Yep, and where was it? At your place and Peter Crouch scored straight after I scored. I mean, I didn't have that. Yeah, that's an extra point. I'm going to take your word yeah. for it. That's so a bonus point. Uh, which club have you scored most goals for? Ackies, Wigan or Palace? I'm going to say it wasn't Wigan. It wasn't Wigan? Yeah. So now I've got a 50-50 shot. And given it's a Palace podcast, I'm going to give you a bit of a steer. <laughs> how, how long, how long were, you, were you there at, at Hamilton? Four years. It's so a great l- kit as well. Red and white hoops on that. I love Scottish football. Do you ever play at Cowden Beef? Um, I will go for... He's taking this very seriously. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Well, Jason did as well, to be, to be fair. Just warning you, Jason did get five out of five, so... I'm going to go for... Palace. Correct. Oh, well done. Close, though. Yeah. Pretty close. close, yeah. 15 goals for Palace and 12 for Wigan and Farakis. Did okay. you ever play at Cowden Beef? No. Oh, it's one of the best I don't think I did. football days out of my life. Yeah. We went with the Edinburgh Festival a couple of years back. We went to Cowdenby, the Blue Brazils, which is a brilliant nickname. Is that in Edinburgh, Cowdenby? Sorry. Just, it's just game. outside. It's sort of between uh, Edinburgh and I might and have played with them when I was at St. Johnston. Youth, like against their youth side. Is it very windy? Quite windy, yeah. Yeah. But they had to move a tractor from the turnstile when we got there <laughs> because like 12 of us went for the Edinburgh Festival, which upped the crowd a little bit, but... It was a great get, but um, one of the one of the subs was warming up, and one of the chaps in the crowd just kept abusing, was just really shouting at him. So we asked the Scottish, I said, "What's all that about?" He said, "Oh well, he owns a chip shop at one end of the high street, and the player owns a chip shop at the other end of the high street." <laughs> so it's basically, see, it's about chips. Have you seen the recent video of the? I think it was the Aloha game, and someone makes a mistake, and the fan goes berserk, but like you can't. The way he is swearing <laughs> at the right back is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, he's that effing left back. How can he score that goal? Honestly, <laughs> Scottish probably, football probably is dead. Yeah. I'm glad that brings us on to an excellent segue of question four. You're on three out of three so far. Who did you come on for when you made your, your debut for Scotland? And a bonus point, who was it against? Was it Aber- Aberdeen? Up at Aberdeen against... So for the Scotland international side rather than Frackies. Yeah, yeah the game was at yeah. Pitodri though. Yeah. Because the reason I know is I forgot my strip. <laughs> and I was making on I think I was making on at half t- uh, before half time and I went into the changing room and I noticed that my strip was hanging up and I realised and I took it out <laughs> the second half. 
Um, so did you have to rush back to the change room to I don't pick know. it up? Yeah. I came on with... It was either... No, it wasn't him. Was it Charlie Adam, though? It was. Oh, Correct. Because yeah, I came on with Darren, Darren Fletcher in Central Madrid. And it was against the Faroe Islands. Yeah. But we well, only asked for the, the guy who yeah. came on for, so you can still get the point. Who was your man? Charlie Mulgrew scored that game, I think. Again, I don't have that information, yeah. so the, the yeah. research I've been doing. Who was your manager then? Was it Strachan? Was it before Goldstone? It was Levine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you've got a perfect record so far. Final question What fact will forever link you with Frank De Boer at Palace? Oh, I know. Do you want to ask a friend? <laughs> phone a friend. Ask, I'm yeah, over phone, phone a friend. A friend. I think you're the only player to ever score a goal for Frank de Boer while manager of Palace. Correct. Oh, Against oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Clean, 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 yeah. clean sweep yeah. in the cup uh, in the league. Perfect cup, in the league cup. Very good. Um, we usually get a lot of questions from our listener and uh, listeners. Listeners. <laughs> We've only got one of them uh, from our listeners, and today has been absolutely no different. Uh, we've had a few about the Leicester win on Saturday which was of course yep. a fantastic day this question is from Quentin Solden who says hi Quentin hi Quentin you looked uh, genuinely shocked that your shot had crept in on Saturday were you? you've scored a few goals this season is that something you've been working on in training? I didn't think it crept in no it was a great yeah, finish yeah I wasn't you slotted I wasn't it into the so corner. surprised either <laughs> I, uh, not that I expected to score but um, when I had it I seen it went through legs and then I thought I had a Good chance. I was probably just um, joy and happiness to get the the goal to go to another. I mean, you, you've Did scored you be... quite a few more this season than sort of in recent seasons. Well, do you think there's anything behind that? Just getting the run in the team, or um, what, what, what's helped contribute? Maybe the possession. I scored. It'd be fair. I scored. Um, I had a good run um, of scoring under Pardew for the first half of the season. I think I scored five. The same, similar. Um, but maybe the position the manager's got me in of right midfield, try to get into the box at the back post. Um, yeah, well, we'll make continue. What was good about the finish as well, because you could see their keeper obviously thought you were going to pass it on to, to Wardy because his weight went that way and you just... That's what we were saying in training today about it. Um, I think that's what's caught me off guard really. Yeah. That Wardy, I think the ball was for Wardy. Um, and I stole it I thought really? no, well, Wardy's not getting this one Chris Kamara insisted on Sunday morning he said that Wilf was definitely looking for Joe Ward well, yeah he was do you get a little bit because every there hasn't been a Palace game this season where we haven't left going Macro had a really good game again and then on Saturday you scored you did the Iniesta back heel and still the pro, you don't get mentioned by the pundits does that annoy you a little bit no, f- I, but it is I'm a true, happy, e- easy go guy. I don't right. really mind of if I get, oh, he's the best or the worst player in the world. It doesn't really bother me. I right. just got on with my work and try and help help the team. If people say nice things, it's it's obviously nice, but it, it doesn't really affect I'm, me. I always find that the, the Palace fans in the pub are not saying the things. I mean, obviously, Wilf's great and, and Ruben's great, but the press seem to be very lazy and yeah. it's just. Ruben Loftus Street plays for Chelsea. Wilf's amazing. Yeah. So it, they just talk about them all the time. But but I mean, you know, I think in in the last few games, Mac has been brilliant. But uh, you know, a lot of the players. That's have. What the fans, but I think sometimes um, as well with the Palace fans, because the expectation with with Luca and with you is that you're, yeah, Luca's Luca's been sensational. Of course, but I think the expectation is that you're going to have a good game. So everyone says, well, that's that's fine. Of course, he had a good game. He always does. And then they talk about the more obvious targets, like you say, you always get mentioned. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. the most emphatic win Palace have had in the Premier League mm. since that Premier League era began. Did it feel like a win of that magnitude had been on the cards amongst the squad, given the run that we've been on, given how bad the luck had been in some games? Yeah, because we've, we've made it hard for ourselves at times. We've played so well and we were thinking one of these days mm-hmm. we are going to give a team a right good beating. Um, and f- thankfully it came for the biggest game of the season when you really need a win to win the, the manner that we did was incredible. Not only to win 5-0, which is amazing, but the performance level of every single player was was outstanding. And obviously the penalty at the end was a big talking point. Did you feel that showed the togetherness in, in the squad and in, in the team unit? Yeah, it did. But Christian had a lot of pressure on that penalty. Like it's a, a, a penalty at 4-0 and you think doesn't know that it doesn't matter but for him if you if you miss that penalty 
pundits, everyone mm. gets on Christian for, for him to step up takes a lot of confidence and big character to do that and thankfully he scored. I, I, I know I'm not the only person who felt this way because we spoke about it in the pub afterwards but I actually when he scored and when everyone was chanting his name I got quite emotional. I really felt because we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about how you know, take whatever he's like as a person, and apparently everyone likes it. It must, it must have been awful for him to go through the season with the pressure he's under, missing the chances. So that relief, I think everyone around it, the fans really it felt it. It was really it, nice, it? I thought, because yeah. I'm, I'm sure a lot of clubs, um, when you've got a star striker who, who doesn't score goals, they really get on, on the player's back. And, you know, Christian by his standards, because he's a 15-goal-a-season mm. man mm. every season, at least, isn't he? You know, he, he's had a disaster in terms of scoring goals, but not actually, I don't think, in his play. He's yeah, been a good centre-forward. And in a lot of the times, he's had to do it on his own up front, you know. But um, I think it's great that Palace fans, obviously, might be a bit disappointed he hasn't scored a lot of goals, but 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 haven't got on his back. And, and it, we're genuinely really pleased for him mm. that, that he got that goal which just hopefully might you know spark something and he'll he'll get, get one against Stoke I think, now I think, was, I think it was a Liverpool game there was a moment when Andros fed Benteke through and it, afterwards it looked like a harder chance than it was but he, he missed it and then you just felt for a split second that a lot of the crowd were about to turn but they, they took a collective deep breath and didn't and yeah. I thought that was brilliant that's and why the, your fans are so good though I like think, you I, get through We've went through so many bad yeah. times as well throughout the season and they still stick with you. They yeah. don't go on your back. Where you look at, I don't know, you look at a club like Sunderland or mm. that where you know you're going to that ground and if you play in a certain way and you start well, the fans can turn yeah, yeah. pretty fast at your club. They never do. Yeah. They it? do a very good fire yeah. drill at Sunderland, don't they? Yeah. They evacuate that stadium very efficiently <laughs> and quickly. Well, they, did. they also had my favourite half-time entertainment where they did, uh, they did a chip pan awareness thing at half time so that they, they made the, the yeah, they made the announcement they said we're not having a band today we did, we, then they brought out a giant chip pan with a giant blanket and the fireman go no no blanket oh I missed that <laughs> yeah it was great <laughs> um, I think it helps as well though with Christian it's after the in the Brighton game when Wolf went to celebrate with with Christian yeah. so the, the fans can see that the players are with are with him as well so that, that kind of brings like, me on to a point I want to ask you about what, what can you do when you're within that dressing room and you know that someone's having that bad a, a time of things and that harder harder slog through the season we can try and help him uh, him or anyone as, as much as possible um, but effectively it's you that's going to get you out of that situation all of it all professional footballers have went through hard times I I would openly say that under um, Sam Allardyce I had a hard run I wasn't playing the football I, I wanted to play started probably changing my game to try and say, right, I'll try and change my game to try and get in the team. And you just need to do what you're good at. And through that experience of not playing and try to change or whatever, you learn from it. And Christian will learn from that. What he's done this time, hopefully next year, um, you're going to have a very good run and, and score a lot of goals. We were saying, Kevin and I were saying just before the pod, before we got here, that your renaissance has kind of felt like one of the stories of the season. What do you think has been behind that? Playing games, um, a good run, a good run of games in the team. But Sam Allardyce was so important for this club. It was me that wasn't playing well enough to get into the team. And it's just football. Football is, if you're playing well, a manager's going to pick you. If you're not, they won't pick you. It's not a case of, I don't like that player. Or, mm. You know, um, the manager now has got a lot of trust in me. And I think that's brought my game on even more. But you've got a settled midfield now as well, which is really yeah, helping. Yeah, it? we've, got a, set, we've got a settled team. Um, we, were, we were saying before, if we get um, a full-strength team on the park and you get it with the, the manager and coaching staff we've got, we're a top side. Mm. We, can beat, we can beat anyone. And next year we'll be looking to push on and finish um, really, really strong and high. It's kind mm. of an unconventional way that we're set up at the moment almost with the sort of lack of out-and-out striker and it's something that fans are maybe not too used to seeing the, the way that we are you know, playing. Is it something that came as being a bit of a shock to the system for the players to try and adapt or, or does it felt natural because of how Roy approaches things? Um, very natural. Um, we lost Christian at the start of the season and Wilfred and Andros went up front and since then... It was the been, Chelsea game, wasn't yeah, it? Chelsea yeah, Chelsea game. Yeah. 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 We, we looked um, yeah. so dangerous and 
When a manager comes in, you think he's going to get solid. But when you normally get solid, you take away that attack threat. We've not done that. We've become solid with a good balance of going forward. When you've got players like Townsend, Benteke, um, Saha, Loftus-Cheek, who's come in recently and done unbelievable, teams are scared to play against them. You know, and for for us, um, myself, Luca, Johan, it becomes easy for us because we don't need to go and impose yourself on the game that you need to do something special. You give the ball to these guys and they create things and make it hard for other teams. Sam Allardyce does things in a very unique way and it works, but it looks like it's more fun playing football with Roy Hodgson. At the moment, that is for me because I'm playing. Well, yeah, <laughs> at the moment, but it looks like there's a Listen, Sam Allardyce for this football club done an amazing job yeah. a, an absolutely amazing job and I must say he's doing a great job at Evan mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't giving him credit but he's took a club that in in my opinion weren't playing good football they weren't playing good they came to your place and they were one of the worst performances yeah. we have seen at, at Selhurst Park and mm. he's turned them into he's got them what eighth in the league yeah yeah, you know that's that's a very very good record for for anyone, and his record for, speaks for itself. He, he keeps teams up. He's done that and more for Evan. So what's the mood like in the camp after the five 0 Amazing! It's uh, it's it's really really good place to be at. But like the fans, um, we've kept our spirits high. We've tried to keep them high all season round. I know it's hard when you you're losing football matches, but. The worst thing you can do is get downbeat and think, oh no, the next game. We've actually looked forward to every single game and seen every game as an opportunity to get three points. And how 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 does the squad keep going when they're having the sort of run that we were having under Roy when we turned around how we were playing, putting in some great performances and the points weren't coming? Is it a matter of just keeping the faith in the methods? Is it a matter of, you know, trying that extra bit harder with every tackle with every run that you make or, or is it just having faith in what you're doing try and keep doing what you're doing like if you if you're not playing well you're not creating chances that then you think maybe we need to try something different but we weren't we were playing really well we we're creating opportunities and a bit of bad luck a lot of injuries um things happen throughout the season for for whatever reason um but you just need to keep doing what you're doing and keep trying to win football matches and we've done that and thankfully the results have came. Well, presumably you must have got us frustrated because that difficult run of games we had, Tottenham, Tottenham were the only team that really probably outplayed us against Man U and Liverpool. We were as good as they were for long stretches of games. So they you, scored at the end as well. But exactly, but you must get as frustrated as we do when you, you lose a game in those circumstances. It is, it is so horrible losing any football matches when you've got a chance to beat the top teams as well um, but what we're soon saying as well disappointing straight after the game mm. it's such a low moment then you reflect on how well you're actually playing you need to take confidence from that you need to look at the good things what you're doing and try and build on that rather than think oh no another another defeat um, look at the positives build on that and that's what we've done the pundits always talk about, you know, when you play in Man City, Liverpool, Man United, they always say, last 10 minutes, they score so many goals because they've exhausted the other team. Is, that, is it much more physically demanding playing those teams than it is playing a Stoke or a Leicester? Every game's different. I, is it? I don't know, I don't think it's to do with um, fitness or anything like that. Those teams put you under more pressure for whatever reason. Mm. You look at the goals we've conceded towards the end, it's not been due to tiredness, you know, maybe I lose my man for a goal in a corner or anything like that, it's, um, it's just these small concentrations towards the end of the, the game and when they put you under so much pressure they're going to get chances and mm. unfortunately they took some of them. Did any of them particularly stick in the mind as being the particularly frustrating one? Because we had a All few. Them. Kane's goal um, and... Um, Man United can, conceding three goals and especially the last minute from he hit it where he did as well to get into the top corner you're like it's not real luck but as I said you try and look at the positives that you run three top teams very very close Well at Man City as well New Year's Day there must have been a lot of confidence That's, Yeah definitely I think even more so than the 5-0 that's my favourite game the Man City game 
Because it's like you look at every, you look at our teams like Swansea and Newcastle just sort of surrender to City, and we just went at them for ninety minutes. I was really proud of being a Palace we, fan. We're the only team that they haven't scored against in them. I think so. Yeah, we are the only team outside the top six who's not been beaten both times by them. I think so mm. far. Really, only, only team who's who's taken. Who's, oh, they've got to play. They drop points and against. They're playing a couple of our yeah. rivals, aren't they? They are. They are. But I was really proud of being a Palace fan that day. That was just that whole performance. Yeah, it was brilliant. Was you know. And that's been a, a brilliant first part of the pod, I think. And we've got a huge amount of questions for listeners <laughs> for you in, in part two. So I think we'll draw it to a close there. And if you join us uh, in just a few moments, we'll be back with all those questions. <laughs> Welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, pod 255. Sponsored by Vector for all your print embroidery needs at Vector with her. Okay. Thank you very much. And also JC Innovation and Strategy. Visit jc-is.com. Hey, well. And we're still here with uh, James McCarthy. You should tell from those dulcet Scottish tones that we've uh, also had a lot of questions posed towards. So I'm going to start straight into the questions. Some of them are more just effusive praise than questions, but, you know, I'm sure you'll enjoy that too. And first one comes from Adam Harper. Hi, Adam. He even says no questions, so he's obviously failed to read the... Uh, description this part but just a massive thank you for everything you've done for the club during your four seasons here hope to see you in Red and Blue for many years to come absolutely I second that we've had lots of listeners asking this question it's relating to your contract situation you probably knew this one was coming as well because there's been sort of various rumours both ways in the press is that something you can talk about at the moment have you signed a new contract are you Um, about to sign a new contract I've already got a contract Um. I signed four-year contract two years ago. Okay, so yeah. two, two, two more years still to run. Then. Yeah, there we go. That one puts that. that there we are. That. Everyone great, can calm great, down great. now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if one's been saying on the internet that you're about to. Steve says yeah. he's going to give me a new one as well. Yeah, I'll give you a few <laughs> more years. A few more glasses yeah. of wine. I'm yeah. sure yeah. Yeah. it'll be fine. Well, there's a lot of contracts up for renewal this summer. It's, it's probably the the, the, the the you know when I meet. Palace fans at the pub it's one of the major things people say James MacArthur's out of contract what are we going to mm. do so, you know, I don't think he is well, that's really good news so people will be very happy to hear that they really will well, well except those exclusive th- there isn't it except there for all those fans at home who go well players these days contracts don't mean anything do they yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I quite like to hear well you're a lawyer but yeah, of course exactly. yeah. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing means anything to you does it well apart from billing uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question is from uh, Samir Chamazani hi Samir and he says hi James what's been your favourite moment in a Palace shirt Best and worst is getting the FA Cup final. Mm-hmm. Um, to to get there and be so close was um, so disappointing. But obviously, to reach a, a cup final with Crystal Palace was an amazing experience. What What was it like compared to, to the one you were in previously? Of course, you won it with Wigan, didn't you? Yeah, um, horrible. You only enjoy these occasions if you win and with Wigan obviously it was it was unbelievable to actually win it. Um losing anything is horrible but to come so close um against Manchester United was was heartbreaking really. We did have about was it five or six minutes of total and utter joy, didn't we? Fantastic, they? great goal. After punch score. Did, did did anybody say to the manager afterwards, what were you doing? Dancing? Did he get any? Did right he get right. any sort of did dressing you know, room banter over that? Did, 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 yeah, did, no one said anything. <laughs> well. I think a lot of people are thinking. <laughs> but it was it's an outrageous it was just, dance. It's so, it's so typical Palace as well. It's just like a late goal and Lingard scores a scorching, unstoppable shot. It's like, but that five minutes between and of course we had uh, twa- uh, Clattenburg. Okay. <laughs> oh, so no comment on that particular. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Robbie Scotcher. Hi, Robbie. Uh, we've already heard you talk a little bit about some of the managers you've played under. We're not going to ask you to slag any of them off because obviously this isn't the time or the place for that. But can you just talk us through how some of those managers have improved specific parts of your game that you can kind of think of off the top of your head? Martinez, when I first came down, um, made me more tactically aware. He was very good for my career. Coming from Hamilton, young, raw, um, Knew a bit about the game, but um, obviously different levels come from Scottish Premier League to to the English Premier League. He taught me a lot about the game. Rosler was 
one of my favourite. I really enjoyed it under under Juve Rosler. He was all about pressing. Something I like as well. That's probably why I liked him so much as well. But he was so dynamic as well. He tried to play a different style of press every single match. Some people, some people found it hard to understand it, but it was a case of we're playing against the four. We're going to show them inside where they've got two men. Uh, we're playing someone with wide men. We're going to show it to the wide men, and it would be all different angles of approach to try and press, which I, f- I feel's helped me a lot as well. Under Under Pardew was really enjoyable for me because the the manager had so much trust in me. Um, where as a, as a player it's one of the best feelings that the managers get total trust in you and gives you that freedom to play I really enjoyed it um, under him the the manager right now um, is probably the best for man managing uh, players um, knows how to speak to them shows everyone respect knows when to tell people off you can just see his experience um, he has vast amount of experience by managing top clubs international. Um, What's he like at telling people off? Because he's obviously he's no, he, he made, it's not nice. Really? Um, yeah, but that, being in the game that long, you don't survive through just being a really nice and nice guy, you know. Um, so he's got that side as well, which is very important, especially in a modern game. So the next question following on from that a little bit is from Starlord I'm presuming that's not his real name um, <laughs> but you never know uh, what was the genuine feeling in the camp of how the season would unfold before Roy joined and just after so how did, how did it, how, what, what was the sort of chat in the dressing room after finding out that Roy Hodgson had been announced good yeah obviously with his experience it was uh, going to be important I, I don't know if you, you'll ever see the interview but I did an uh, interview with Premier League productions and this is one of the times you say I told you so um, but I'd done a press just the, the press just before the Chelsea game and we were obviously sitting 7-0 and zero. Yeah. yeah and I said to the the, uh, the person doing the interview that we'll stay up I had so much confidence I, I don't I don't know why probably because of the players I know that we c- we can do a lot better with this manager, he's going to bring the best out in everyone. Um, so that's one of the I told you so moments mm. to to the interview. Seven games done. What was he like goals. though when he first came in? Did, was he making like big rousing speeches? Was he no? He, he he didn't come in and upset anyone. It was just we we played against. I said the story about you lose to Manchester United, Manchester City, and he comes up and speaks to everyone. He's not. Um, going to fall out with people because they have a, a bad game or anything he's just so experienced and such a nice man that everyone really wants to do well from this next question is from Mike Wicks hi Mike who's your most underrated opponent that you've played against that people don't really talk about just to give you a bit of insight into what other players have said when Damo came on which would have been 2015 I think he said Sadio Mane but this was before Sadio Mane was good well, not before he was good, but before everyone was. It was when he was, was at Southampton. Yeah. It was when he was at Southampton and you, started you, to score. You asked him, or JD asked asked Damo, who was the hardest hard opponent play. he'd had to play in terms of you know how, how difficult it was to play okay, against. So and we all thought he'd say Costa or something. Yeah, and he didn't. He said Mane. So he, well, he also said his favourite ever Palace game was nil nil away at Millwall. He did say that. <laughs> yeah. And Danny Gabadon. <laughs> so, so hardest opponent, p- opponent, and then the opponent that you played against, where you think perhaps they don't get quite the credit that they deserve. So hardest opponent, and I've said this for a, a number of years. I think people are starting to realise it now. But Moussa Dembele. Right. So when I played against him, especially at Fulham, um, powerhouse with a central midfielder, you don't find many that actually drive at you. You find a lot. You see top top players like Michael Carrick who get it and pass it, and you can't really get close to him. But with Dembele, he was a player. He wants you to get close. And that's frustrating as a player that you get so close and he's so strong and he nudges it by you and drives uh, by you. One player I would say that I found it very hard against that hasn't done well as well as he should in his career is Ravel Morrison. 
he mm. such such a talented player. When you got close, he was away from you. Um, you looked when he went through a, a good spell, scored a lot of top top goals. You thought this boy's going to be special, but he's obviously not kicked on as as well as he would have liked. Well, it's interesting. I mean, you could sort of compare him to Wilf Zahar, the similar sort of ages, similar backgrounds, but Wilf was lucky enough to be guided by different people and end up where he is. And because I mean, he was potentially a brilliant player, wasn't he, with El Morrison? Yeah, one time he was. Yeah. But, you know, Wilf wasn't always set set to be a star. I remember, you know, when he was in the academy that he wasn't he wasn't the best player in in, in his year at all. He he was um there was a there was a boy called Nathaniel Penny, I think his name was, yeah. who was ahead of Wilf. And he even when Wilf made his debut there was Kieran Cadogan. In fact it was it was funny enough against Leicester, wasn't it? In that first game, um under George Burley. And Kieran, Kieran Cadogan and, and Wilf and the, and the other Kieran, Kieran Dijali. Yeah. Yep. They were all, you know, the kids coming through, but I don't think anyone thought Wilf, and, 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 and Johnny Williams was probably regarded as the one. Yeah. He was yeah. the best one. Uh, and Wilf, Wilf has, has just, you know, every season he gets better and better, doesn't he? What's it like, Jane, when you, when, you know, Man City, for example, when, because yeah, we're, we're hearing the team being read out, when you're seeing... De Bruyne, Sane, every single player coming out world class. You must be thinking, this is going to. You be know, hard. you're playing against them. Yeah. They are obviously top players, but there's top players all the way through the league. You're competing in one of the most competitive, well, in my opinion, the most competitive league in the world with the top players. So, you know, you know it's coming. You know that you need to be switched on. If it's playing against West Brom, who are bottom, or Manchester City at the top, you need to be switched on and be at your game to to have a chance of beating anyone. Next question from John Dodds. Hi, John. He says, what's the best combination of Palace midfielders that you've played alongside to make up a fantasy midfield? Hmm. So have you enjoyed playing of with Of home, of the well, middle you, three? You can, you can pick your own formation here, James. So if you um, want to have a two or you want to have a three, then be our guest. Well, you've got to be in it. Yeah. I need to be, be in it. Yeah. I mean, that'd be yeah, the yeah, ultimate yeah, modesty yeah. if you're not <laughs> But if you want to, then fine. You can't drop yourself. That's no, ridiculous. You can't drop yourself. <laughs> so there's only three left. Do you include wingers as midfielders, or just midfielders? You, you can pick I would pick the central. I would pick the the two that I'm in there just yeah. now um, because I like playing with them. I've really enjoyed my time this year, where I've played with you and I've played um, with Luca as a central pair, and I enjoy both sides. With Luca, you know you've got that security of someone's going to be sitting there with you. You need to be more disciplined because you're uh, more attacking um, midfielder, but you get a good balance off you as well because sometimes I go, he sits, sometimes he goes, I sit. So I've really enjoyed playing with both of them. Next question, uh, slightly more irreverent, is from someone called Just Some Guy. And uh, I think this probably follows on from a few of the viral videos that Palace did recently. But, and you probably know what this refers to. What did you think of Andros's music selections? <laughs> I actually says to Andros, I'm going to Kenny's music. Um, <laughs> so what's on this playlist? Because we've heard a lot about the, the quality of this playlist, so but I don't I, know what's on it. I don't really want to comment because Wayne commented and he got a, called a snake and a hard time. So I'll, I'll pass on that question. <laughs> Very sensible. By um, which you've answered it. By, yeah. by, by refusing to answer it, you've answered You said everything you need to say. Well, if, if Andros wants to share it on Spotify, say that all the FYP... Podcast he's a player so again he's, he's a player Steve as well he doesn't get the credit he deserves this season Andros I think there's not a game gone by that he doesn't work no. and, and, so and Wilf hard. wouldn't be as good on one With, side without, if, if, yeah. if Andros w- w- yeah. w- wasn't sort of uh, occupying their defenders yeah. on the other side and, um, chased, like, and, and Andros has actually been fit all season as well yeah. hasn't he pretty much he's been excellent he yeah. has been, he's been very good I think he, he gets um pretty frustrated that he's not scored as many as he would like but the job he does for the team and the balls he puts in yeah. for, for a striker it's a striker's dream to have Andros in the wing because he's not one of these players that he wants to beat six guys he's I'm getting this by you and yeah. I'm crossing the ball and his uh, quality is really high but you talked earlier about enjoying pressing which is strange to hear from a player because normally you'd think they'd only want the ball at their feet but I think Liverpool, the three chances we got came from him closing Liverpool players down. He does it 
I mean, so much better than he has done in previous seasons. He really works hard. Yeah, yeah he definitely big, works hard, yeah, doesn't he? Parties, As yeah. you say, he hasn't had the goal. When he was at Newcastle, he scored quite a lot of goals, didn't he? Yeah. But he maybe One against those. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. Well, there's quite a lot but, of uh, candidates, by the sounds of it, for Player of the Year. So it's a nice little segue into the Player of the Year event. Well, it's just up, it's course. just been announced. Nice. It's going to be next. Nice. I've been working on that. <laughs> next Wednesday, <laughs> and it's free. It's free. It's free. Where is it? It's a, it's at Box Park. Okay. So you can go and get a pint of Cronks in the uh, in the Cronks bar, and then it's another crate turning up. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, you you can watch the, uh, the the Player of the Year. I think that the fans can vote on Goal of the Year, but not on Player of the Year. And on Player of the Year. And the Player of the Year. But I think, I think... Uh, yeah, I, I just saw it. It just went on the website okay. this evening and I think there's a shortlist. Um, uh, yes. You can name it if I'm not in it, don't matter. Well, I mean, you're, you're obviously <laughs> down for Player of the Year. You, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you're down for Gold of the Year somewhere. But uh, is, is there anything being launched, perchance? Yeah, it went on the Palace website um, earlier on this evening, and this okay. is this is Tuesday, by the way, isn't it? Yeah, it's Tuesday today. Yeah. Yes, but it's, it's, uh, I think Andy's alluding to the new the kit's going to be launched. Oh, and the kit. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, days. yeah, there is going to be the the kit reveal, as they call it. Stripes. I've got absolutely no idea, so I don't know. Surely that's Have you got any idea? Mm, nope. Really? I haven't. Yeah, no, but that's really neither of us then. So it'd be a, a nice surprise for both I've of us. I've got a terrible kit fetish, James, especially with Palace kits. I get really excited around this time of year. With the new kit. We've got new uh, producers, aren't we? New manufacturers? I don't even know yeah. that. Well, I, I do know who's on the shortlist for goal of the season. Go on then. I'll go quickly. Has a bit forward, yeah. uh, He's got a few. He's, <laughs> he's well, got a few. I, I, would, I would like to say that I think that Zaha's goal should against Leicester should win but not because of Zaha because of the brilliant team play team play it's a team yeah. goal it was, great, it was a great goal yeah. to watch wasn't it and anyway, that, sorry, that is indeed on, on there yeah. that, that's the, the final entry but it's all chronological what are the others uh, well given the way the season started obviously the first entry is in December <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was Bakri Sakai's great finish against Leicester oh yeah right, oh, right in the top corner in the top corner to finish off the match that was a good day out I think that was the first point at which we realised, oh, wait a minute, this is a really good team. Yeah. It, it wasn't just our imaginations playing tricks on us. Mm. Did it feel like that in, in the squad, that win, James? Yeah. And, and, and it must be one of your favourite grounds because you, you had a cuddle with the manager one mm, year, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, it was a nice cuddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we were, on that day, that was one of the um, games from Saturday as well where everything seemed to go right and... One that was long overdue as well. Maybe just play Leicester every week, hey? Um, second goal that is on that list is Lucas at Southampton. Of course. Cool. Cool. Oh, he wellied that. Really good finish. Bakary Sacco is at Brighton in the cup. I think we can probably disregard yeah, it just because we yeah. lost it and it wasn't a very good day and it was the cup. Um, it was a great finish. It was a great finish. Yeah, it was a finish. fantastic finish. Bad foot as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Great yes. foot. Yeah, indeed. Absolute rocket. Uh, then Patrick's at, uh, not at, but against Man United, which has mm. hit the yeah. second goal. Yeah, which is uh, there's some slight scepticism in the room I won't point at who, who's shown scepticism I'm going to say it's Steve though for the sake of argument uh, <laughs> next <laughs> is <laughs> well, I can't uh, besmoke the good name of any other pod guests uh, next one's Lucas at, at Bournemouth which is a great free kick of course yeah. Yep. and yeah. then three in a row for Wilf so his, his goal at Bournemouth oh, it was heavily deflected I'm not sure it so was deflected goal. but the way he spam round it was yeah. a great, yeah. Yeah, great turn great cup turn. goals obviously don't count then no yeah. Against the mighty Ipswich. <laughs> uh, and then Wolf's goal uh, uh, against Brighton and then the one on Saturday as well. So he's hit his header. I did love Patrick's tweet after the game saying, is there a better left-sided combination? I spoke to him. Yeah. I, had a, I gave yeah. him a bit of stick for it. Did you? So I did. But he says that someone else is uh, monitoring his Twitter page. So I just thought... Yeah, because as soon as I seen that, I thought... Well, initially, because um, I thought somebody else I'll had written it. I'll give my back stack for that one. If, somebody else, if another player had written it, you'd go, fair enough. But when you see it, it's him who's written it. Basically, the funny thing is... He's a social media manager. Of course. But then <laughs> Stan Collymore then decided to take exception in his miracle column and writing down who the... Who it's the not f- like Stan, is it? It's not like no. him at all, but it made me laugh. I like that sort of confidence. The funny thing is, though, it's Ruben that's playing left. It's not well. Disregard Ruben. No, Ruben, you're not as good. And you'll be pleased to know that actually all players who played over five games are eligible for player of the season. So if you want to lobby anyone now, James, then do feel free to tell them they should be voting for you. 
I will. Far too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an indication of how good the season's been since the first seven games. There's four or five, six candidates. Normally, I mean, in years gone by, it's before your time, Julian was nearly always the the shoe-in. But it's it's four or five. There was one season where Jonathan Parr won. Crikey, no, don't. Because uh, there was nobody really. And, that was and, Dougie's second uh, and season. This, and this year, if Wilf wins, everyone will go, yeah, of course, Wilf's an amazing player. But if Luca wins, yeah. If James Tompkins wins, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Tonks has been Tonks been, yeah. he's been Clearly had his best season yeah, he's at Palace. Been. He's been brilliant. Um, if you win, you know, it, it, there, there are lots of players of who could win it. <laughs> 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 no, no. <laughs> I think uh, I've probably mentioned the top from, four. I've got not. a question from Cheryl Reed. Hi, Cheryl. Um, this will help, help make a seven-year-old happy. My seven-year-old loves James MacArthur. Can you ask him what time he gets to the ground so he can get a picture and uh, autograph? Oh. What time do you usually About get to the ground so that Cheryl's little son can... 11.40. Well, that's quite early. Yeah, 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 we, we get pre-match meal. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, perks, eh? Mm, free meal. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, there you go. Turn up, show at eleven fourteen. You might. But if, to... if shows little or boy, after the game, it's at the side the of the fan zone, isn't it? Where, where, where you come through from yeah. the car park. Yeah, that's the place. To as go. long as Cheryl's little boy doesn't hold up one of those signs saying, "Can I have your shirt?" Which it seems to have turned up at every game now. Like hundreds of kids, little of a thing saying, "Can I, I have your shirt?" Can I have your boots? I think they go for quite a lot on eBay, don't they? No, they, they they keep them as souvenirs for the rest of their life. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> it's, uh, mainly, it's mainly at Brighton, though, isn't it? And yeah. it's the opposition. No comment. Uh, well, next question is Chris, Chris Grierson asking the, the... You don't hear this because you're in the dressing room, obviously, but they have little kids having penalties. Chris Grierson asking the Brighton kid who his favourite Chelsea player was. Yes, was yeah, very funny. Little nine year old kid. a mini outrage on Twitter. Which I'm going, I've got kids, and if they asked that to my kid, I'd be outraged. Like, I was just thinking, I find it hilarious. <laughs> it's very funny. Presumably, when you when you arrived at Palace, you had absolutely no idea that Palace and Brighton were were rivals. No, not really. No, not really. It's an odd one, isn't it? But but the the, the atmosphere at the at the home game was great, wasn't it? I think when you go to a club, you learn obviously more about the history as well. Same yeah. with Wigan, I didn't really know too much about them. Who, who, do, who do Wigan fans hate the most? Blackburn, isn't it? Yeah, Blackburn, Bolton. Because Burnley and Blackburn hate each other, don't yeah. they? Yeah, Bolton and Blackburn. But Wigan, I think it's a non-league team as well. It's, it's, they're only relatively new to the Football League, isn't it? So I think someone like Aldrin yeah. or something. How did Wigan find you, by the way? Sorry? Did they scout, um, did they no, so um, Graham Jones, who was the assistant manager, I played with him and he was my assistant at... Hamilton but the opportunity came because of so Graham went with uh, Roberto Martinez and he signed James McCarthy oh and they got got the wrong one (laughs) (laughs) but if James didn't do well um, that season then I think it would have been obviously harder for Graham to push me Going down, but so was he because from of was he from yeah, Hamilton? both of his played both, in Hamilton. Yeah, James MacArthur and James McCarthy yeah, were yeah. both at Hamilton and Wigan. Oh, cool! Yes, yeah. Next question is from Mark Skeens. Hi, Mark. What one thing does James miss most about not living in Scotland anymore? So, what what gets you homesick, basically? If I go back to Scotland, this is a bit unhealthy, but I always have a role. It's called a Morton's Roll, square sausage and potato scone. It is so good. You need, if, Say all that again. So it's a Morton's Roll, it's a crispy Morton's roll. Morton's Roll. Morton. Yeah. Morton's Roll, it's crispy yeah. with a square sausage. Lawn sausage. A square yeah. sausage. And you can get them down here. You can get it down here. And potato scone. A lawn is in the place. Yeah, square sausage. And it's a square sausage. With ketchup. And right. they do. That is very good. I mean, don't start sucking it. Stop but it I've not had it. Well, also salt, <laughs> salt and sauce on the chips as well. Yeah. Sort of the, they yeah. do the best chips and the sauce. It's like a brown sauce. The sauce yeah, it's is not just the best. Actual brown. I think they, they put v- vinegar in it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And put vinegar in the sauce. They do something in Scottish chip oh. shops that you can't get down with. King, rib. King rib is just the best. It's, like they, it. it's basically pressed meat, but they call it King rib in batter. It's just. And have you ever had fried a deep pizza. a deep fried, fried pizza, yeah. deep fried Mars bar? I've never ever seen one. Oh, they do exist. Yeah, I've never seen one. Deep fried broccoli. They're good though. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have one, but I think they're good. <laughs> deep fried pizzas are really nice. So is deep is fried it? Oh, I've, never, I've never had that. Well, they call it tempura. Some of them are calling it tempura up there now. Tempura. No, no chance. <laughs> 
The deep fried pizzas are right. Only once. You have to be really drunk if it's like coming home at three in the morning <laughs> after a gig. Next question is from Daniel Edwards. Hi, Daniel. As a kid, who was your... F- I'm going to broaden this question out. I'll ask you the question first. Who was your favourite Scottish footballer and why? And I'm going to broaden it out to, in addition to a favourite Scottish footballer, you're just your general favourite footballer when you were growing up and why? Barry Ferguson. Um, being a Rangers fan, I had a season book and... To watch him play was excellent, uh, especially playing central midfield as well. Um, he, he's probably one of the players that don't get the credit he deserves as well, or deserved. But everyone who played with him say he was he was a, a top top player. Stephen Gerrard going to Rangers? You happy with that? Very. I think it's a it's a good move. Obviously, it's probably a risk on both sides um, because it's a hard job right now. Um, and it's employing someone with not much experience mm. but I think it's a perfect fit I think him as a person and obviously as a top player he's got so many experiences um, and who's a player that doesn't want to play for Steven Gerrard mm. you know the the interest that he could attract players wise mm. next question is from Pete Carter Hi, Pete. this is a question both for you James and for the rest of the panel um Start with a big assumption. Presuming we are now safe, what do the panel and your <laughs> guest believe is an achievable ambition for next season? I think we're going to get a take one game as it comes kind of answer from someone here. But uh, besides avoiding relegation, me. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that might be the case. Uh, so maybe for Kevin then and, and Steve. So what's the ambition? Do you think after we've we we've, secure hopefully the the mathematical survival that will come hopefully after next Saturday. Well, I think Steve's going to deal with that one because he's got the programme from a particular game that... Well, this is what I was hoping to angle towards. Fans of a certain generation that have talked about... Right, but we, well, we, fans of our generation, Kev, know all about the um, the lap of honour against um, Ipswich and then the fact that Oldham had to get nine points from three games and improve their goal difference, and they did, and we went down... From the Premier League on 49 points so I'm ever since then because we were all just devastated and shell-shocked by that we couldn't believe we got relegated with with 49 points when we were virtually safe but not mathematically safe. so un- until we're actually we've actually done it I'm not counting any chickens but I, I genuinely believe that this team will not get, get relegated it's, yeah. it's yeah. virtually yeah. impossible. As a player's point of view we want to try and finish 10th now as, yeah. a, as, a share, yeah. as a shareholder, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we want to try quite and a lot finish of money the strong as well. Obviously, yeah. there's a good chance that um, we'll be safe, but... It's possible. Eleventh is, is, is quite likely and tenth is possible. Well, it's amazing how many Palace fans I've spoken to who five, six games into the season put money on Palace finishing in the top ten because they said it was a really Palace thing to do. To turn around and get into the top ten, which if we do that, will be Hopefully absolutely they won remarkable. Hopefully, they the money. Yeah, yeah. would be brilliant. But we talked in terms of it, being serious about it for a moment because it, it drives my son up the wall because he just says we're safe and it's like, but because of that experience, I'm just waiting until hopefully Saturday when it'll all be done and dusted. But what we want, the circumstances have been, you know, things happen in a close season in the past few years. You know, no one foresaw Sam deciding to leave. All we want is a bit of stability. We want the manager to stay and have a pre-season and put some roots down and bring some coaches through and we can't go through this again that's the thing from from a fan's point of view we've got we've got too good a squad to go through yeah. it again and this and this squad if it if it hadn't had that that terrible start and, and change of manager and hadn't had that incredible bad luck with injuries and also hadn't had those games where the late goals this this squad is, is is a really good squad i think we've got a better squad than burnley let's say for example and burnley are are going to get into europe aren't yeah. they but but we are we are on our day with with, with our best players fit. We're a better team than Burnley, yeah. and and there's no reason why with a few additions in the summer we can't. You know, it's it's, it's supposedly top six is unattainable, and it, it probably is. But but one of them could have a bad time. But you know, to to do what Burnley have done this season is totally possible mm. with 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 the current squad. Well, I sure. I feel a little bit. Um, I do feel a bit guilty about it. I'm one of those people in January, February who said, oh, we have to have a stronger score. I was like, we had 12 players missing. Yeah. And we were still moaning about it. So we had 12 We did players get a stronger missing. squad because they we, all came back from injury. But we did, exactly. But it's like, because Roy Hodgson alluded to this in his Q&A thing he did. It's like he's, he's never had an injury crisis like that. It's like, 
What yeah. can you do? Half you, the you, you've never, I've never seen anything like that. It's before. pretty much half the squad that's missing. But then you look at the bench each week goes by. It's, the squad's great. It's a really good squad, and there's there's depth. Yeah, people like Riederwald can't get in. Yeah, Foster Mensah, Foster Mensah, and and, and Riederwald, who yeah. are international players. Yeah, uh, there's depth all over. Couldn't even the get on the bench. Sack so suddenly, uh, I mean, and Schluck came back on game. 15 minutes on Saturday and played really well for 15 minutes. You know, we still got Sacco to come back. We got saw a lot who apparently. I mean, you talk about Dembele. I must remember that game. Dembele bounced off him, which I've never seen that happen before. So <laughs> we got we got squad and presumably. We know Gaeta's coming in, calling to Dominic Firefield, so that's... He is? We, yeah, called Dominic he's Firefield signed. last week, so he's definitely coming in. So we, I presume there'll be... A, hopefully we can keep Loftus cheek. So we're going to start next season with a really Who's good... Who's coming in? Gaeta, the, the, the Spanish keeper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so okay. hopefully we can keep Loftus cheek. I think he was, a, was he at the training ground recently? I don't know. I'm I'm think sure. it's, someone told me he'd so come around to... Yeah, I'm not no coming. Has he come in? I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. No, I don't, I don't think that's, that's a secret. I, no, Dominic Fyfield said last week on the pod, he's the Guardian's chief sports writer, so that's definitely, as long as we stay up, that's definitely happening. I'm not even sure it's if we stay there, that's a matter because we're yeah. staying up. But. Indeed we are. Yeah. Uh, a slightly lighter, hearty question now from Martin Walsh. Hi, Martin. If you, slightly silly one. If you had to choose who would fight a bear on your behalf, <laughs> would it be either Mile Jednak or Luka Milivojevic? Mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any particular reason or um, just... Yeah, he's bigger and stronger. Yeah, I, I really try... hope Luca doesn't listen no, to this. No, Mealy's a monster. This sounds like a question you've thought about before. Uh, yeah, loads <laughs> of times. It happened once. <laughs> and a final question, returning to the theme of Scottish football. Uh, it's from Panda Arms 101. James, we're moving to Perthshire, Scotland, in a couple of years. If my plane's delayed for regular flights down to Celeste, can you recommend me a team in Scotland to watch? And I'm going to buy you from saying Rangers. So you've got to pick me a slightly Hamlin. different... Yeah. Not only because I came through there, they play... Are you playing the academy there? I played for the first team. Um, plastic pitch? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was plastic and then it changed to grass and right. then it's back to plastic. Um, but they play uh, attractive football. A lot of belief in our youth system bring them through give them a chance and chance to see young Scottish talent and where is sorry to be ignorant where, where is Hamilton just outside Glasgow yeah. most places in Scotland are just, just outside, outside Glasgow <laughs> until you get to the Highlands when, <laughs> although yeah. I think St Johnston's the team in Perth isn't there yeah. yeah they're a good time I was there when I was a kid well yeah St Johnston yeah, yeah. But, but you were brought up in Glasgow were you yeah, yeah. yeah. and finally question for Steve on the stadium can you explain how many steps are until we can finally start breaking ground on it? And uh, what are we expecting in terms of complications? And that question's from Chris Young. So uh, is it all str- plain sailing now, or have we got a few Oh, I don't think it's plain, plain sailing. I mean, there's, um, there are issues to be sorted out with uh, Sainsbury's, and I'm sure there's others, but I'm, I'm not involved in it at all. So I, I, I don't know any more than, than you do. Mr. Parrish is the man to... Uh, to answer that question, I'm afraid. But exciting times. But it's Palace. really exciting times um, because, um, you know, I love Sellers Park. I've been going to Sellers Park since I was a little boy. And um, t- to know that we're going to stay at Sellers Park, we're going to retain our fantastic atmosphere because I don't think, I don't think the atmosphere will change significantly um, because we're still going to have the, the Arthur and we're still going to have the, the Homesdale. And, uh, and to have that, that stand, uh, which looks in the in the in the, uh, in the pictures, looks amazing. I think it'd be a brilliant, brilliant thing. And uh, Steve's, Steve and his team have worked incredibly hard on it, and um, it's looking like it, it will it will really will happen. Yeah, it's exciting news, and uh, that's a pretty exciting part of the pod. So I think we'll wrap up the questions there. We'll return for a short part three, where we'll talk about the upcoming game at Stoke, where hopefully Palace will secure their mathematical safety. So join us after a short break. Hello and welcome back to part three of the 5 Plan Podcast. Podcast 255 uh, with special guests James MacArthur and Steve Brown. Uh, as ever, we're sponsored by Vector for all your print embroidery needs. That's Vector with a... Okay. And JC Innovation and Strategies. Visit jc-ice.com. Hey, well. Thank you very much. And you will be playing Stoke... On Saturday as well. He will. He will. He will. <laughs> we hope. We hope. He will. Um, Stoke are obviously in pretty desperate straits, James. I mean, they could mathematically be 
be relegated on Saturday. Do you think the fact that they are going to be desperate for points is going to play into our hands on the counter or is it something that can result in greater intensity in the, in the opposition now they set up against you? It's obviously going to be difficult. You look at us last week where we need to win, we need to try and get those points. They're going to be the exact same boat and um, come out flying. But I think with your confidence right now, um, we, we go into that game hopefully playing the fact that they'll come out at us it leaves a lot of spaces but we know it's a tough game and we need to do as I was saying you're playing top of the league or bottom of the league you need to be at it to, to have a chance of winning any football match and we're definitely going to need to do that Sorry. So I was going to say at the start of the season as players do you sort of sit down and predict the teams that might be struggling because you wouldn't I don't think anybody would have picked West Brom, Stoke and Southampton just try and concentrate yourself. So you, really, you don't think about. You don't really care. I suppose you, you do as players. As long as we, I think as, as fans, we all we all we all have a start of the season. We all say to each other, "Right, who are your three to go down?" Well, well, who are the teams we could beat is what you say as well, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Who are the three will finish above? I'm trying to think who my three were. I wouldn't be surprised if Burnley was in was in it, which I would have got wrong. Um, I Watford was in mine. Huddersfield, yeah. Watford, and Brighton. I thought. Yeah, I suppose Huddersfield would have been the bookies' choice, yeah. being being the team that came up through the playoffs. But uh, they're not in the bottom three. So yet. in terms of mm. Saturday's opposition, are there any particular threats from Stoke that you think Palace have to be particularly wary of, or is it just a, another game that we set up for? And is that the same way? Is there anyone that we be wanting they've to give got, special attention to? Um, they've got top players all the way through, so he's like like every team. Um, Shakiri can yeah, be. Yeah, he's them. He's the the main player. Um, Joe Allen's caused us um, a bit of problem at times. He's scored a couple of goals against us that we, we obviously need to watch him. But we've got abundance of talent that can that, that can hurt them and we'll obviously be looking to exploit their weaknesses and obviously their strengths. I mean, normally, as you say, Stoke look a physical side, but we, we look a big team now, don't we, Palace? In the years gone by, other teams have always looked bigger and stronger than us, but the last couple of seasons... I think yeah. we've got smaller. Really? See, when we had Delaney, Yedinak, oh, we were yeah. a big side in. We were uh, playing against uh, Brighton recently and you're walking in the tunnel like, he's a big lad <laughs> here, aren't they? Um, and we, we have got a, a, a big players, but um, there's a lot of smaller players as well. As if you put the ball up for a, for a header... Yeah. That, You'd fancy a lot of the other teams sometimes. So I don't want to get paired up with Peter Crouch then on <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> but your, your defenders right now are playing out of skin. They're playing really well. And obviously, they'll find it hard as, as every game to keep your top players quiet. But um, we've got confidence in them. How do you keep your feet on the floor after a result like Saturday, knowing that you run into a, a match like that? Is it easy to get carried away, do you think? It's characters. Um, you've got characters in that change room that come into training today and work just as hard as they did as last week and keep going and keep trying to get two wins and try and finish 10th rather than think, we've done a great job this season. Mm. Which, let's be honest, from our start, to sit in this position right now is is amazing. We talk about the manager, how, how good a job that he's come in and done. Um, but he's pushing us on as well to, to finish this even strong. Four games ago, he said, let's, uh, three or four games ago it was, he says, let's finish the season unbeaten. We've done that so far and we'll be looking to do that. Um, quite an extraordinary record actually against the teams below that big seven, big six. Um, is that something you're sort of conscious of? I didn't know until Steve told me, but it's... Um, is this amazing st- statistic that uh, since the middle of September, we haven't lost a game to a team in the bottom half of the table which, which you like you think that can't be right yeah. I think that's what's put us in the position isn't it? because yeah. we've not got so many big results against the big teams so it's um, only Everton and Newcastle outside the top six since that first seven games of the only team we, it's 0.4 points a game against yeah, the top but six but Everton and Newcastle are both in the, in the top ten yeah. at the moment they might not have been then yeah. but, but we you know, we're just we, about we, two we, points we have, game, we we have been better than, than we think we were. <laughs> think yeah. we have been anyway, yeah. and and we have the potential to be even better than that. Well, even with, in the middle of the injury crisis, we were still playing well. Part of the Tottenham game, maybe notwithstanding, as like we said, we were still we weren't getting battered by anybody. We weren't getting. Tottenham, we were all right, were we? 
Well, they thought yeah, it was they, the they put us under a lot of pressure, yeah, but you, that was the they're good to do that against any team. Yeah, of course. They're um, such a good side. Yeah. But they forced but us to defend for the whole game, whereas you know, Liverpool, Man U, we, we put them yes. under a lot of pressure. But, but it, you know, there's never a game when we've been outclassed, even when we were... Arsenal. Oh, well, that was kind no, of... That first half, that first that half away at Arsenal. But Roy that was nice too. But yeah, that was Roy had a sort of first half. brainstorm, didn't he? Both Arsenal games decided to sort of go toe to toe with them, didn't he? Rather than I think it was more down to players not playing well. We weren't at it that day. Right. Gave them far too much uh, space, didn't get close to them, and Arsenal home. Yeah. You, 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 they'd done that to us, and then the next week they played Everton and done the exact same in the first thirty yeah. minutes. Um, they blew us away straight away, and there was obviously no way back. And then they were shocking away at Brighton. Their away form's been terrible, Arsenal. The Palace's yeah. away form won't be terrible because obviously we're going to win this Stoke game and yeah. hopefully win the game coming up against West Brom as well and finishing that top 10. And we'll end the podcast on that positive note. James, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Steve, thank you for, for joining us again. Cheers, very um, welcome. Kevin, I suppose, thanks for some sort to you. Yeah, I've actually travelled to this one. Yeah, I know. No, I know, it's no, an absolute miracle. Miracle. <laughs> Left the Norway postcode. <laughs> who, who would have thought it possible? And uh, join us again next week after the Stoke game, when we'll hopefully be discussing another Palace win. And thanks for joining us. Enjoy um, speak to you again soon. Cheers. Bye. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.